So we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. Our goal is to get to chapter 4, verse 6. That's the goal. Will it happen? I don't know, right? Sometimes I, I do get there, and other times I don't. It seems like the, the times when I get there, it's like, hey, that's awesome, great teaching. And then other times if I kind of don't get there, it's like, ah, you're learning from Pastor Gary, right? I'm like, ah, you know. Um, but I'm excited either way. Last time when we were in Ephesians chapter 3, we were talking about a mystery, right, that was revealed. What was that, that mystery? Well, it was, guess what? Now the Gentiles were engrafted into the family of the Lord, right? They weren't sure how the message was going to get out. I mean, before there's all these kind of rules, regulations. Jews are like, okay, this is what you have to do. Paul says, no, uh, just receive the Lord, right? That's it. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm glad that there's certain things that we don't have to do. Because I look around in this room and we're all uniquely created, right? Different personalities, characters, race, stuff like that. And if there was just one way you had to come to the Lord or you had to dress a certain way or do certain things, I'm like, man, I don't know, that'd be kind of rough, okay? I've been doing this thing for so long. Some, some kids even have, they're like, hey, Mr. Mr. V, can you grow your hair out? We just want to see what you look like with hair. And I'm like, how would I even comb it, man? Like, I haven't done that in like over 20 years. Like, you know, if there were certain things that we had to do, it would make it kind of boring in a sense as well, don't you think? Everyone the same, dress the same, talk the same, look the same. I mean, we are all different here this morning. God's called us to him. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. Some of us are, you know, very energetic, and other of us are just kind of laid back, right? We're all part of God's family. The mystery was revealed last time we had talked about that. And getting into our verses for this week, we're going to see the encouragement coming from, from Paul. So let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you, Lord, and we just want to thank you for this opportunity just to live for you, just to serve you. Father, I just want to pray and just ask that as we come before you this morning, that you would just speak to our hearts, Lord, through your word, that you would encourage us. Father God, lift us up. Lord, as we look around us, we see all the chaos that's going on. And Father, just want to pray and just ask for protection for people out there. Lord, specifically uh, the police out there just trying to do their jobs. Uh, we ask that you would keep them safe. Keep rioters, protesters safe, Lord. I understand that they're upset, but there's a right way to go about it. And even the ones that are doing it the right way, sometimes they're getting hurt by people that are acting crazy. So we ask that you would just be with be with everyone, Lord, and for those that don't know you, that you would draw them close to you, Lord, because the time is near in which you are coming back. And Father, I know that your desire, your will is that not one person be separated from you for eternity. So we ask that you would just be with us now this morning. Father, in your precious name we pray. Amen. Paul is so excited about this mystery that he was able to talk to these believers about there in Ephesus. 
You know, it wasn't a secret kept from them, but they just wouldn't be able to understand it then until the right time. And so when he did present it, when he did bring it forth, can you imagine the excitement? Wait, what? I don't have to do this? I don't have to do that? I come before the Lord, give my life? This is awesome. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but when I gave my life to the Lord, when I rededicated my life, there wasn't no formula There wasn't I had to do this or that. I mean, I didn't even have anyone really pray for me, to be honest with you. I was there in my bedroom crying like a little baby on my knees before the Lord. I am so sorry that I had turned from you for all those years. Lord, please forgive me. That was it. Right? So, I mean, Paul, getting getting the opportunity here to share with them, guess what the mystery is, guys? We are all one in Christ Jesus doesn't matter what your background is. doesn't matter what your history is. You are into the family of Christ. He's super excited. In verse 14, he says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why does he point this out? He's overwhelmed with joy. Blessings were given to the Jews, Gentiles. The privilege of sharing this mystery is now revealed to them. And he says, I bow my knees. He pointed this out because back then, that wasn't the typical thing to do, right? Prayer was was standing. That was common amongst the Jews, to stand in prayer. When you kneeled, it revealed an earnestness and humble submission. And that's what Paul had wanted to do, go before the Lord. He was excited. He felt as he spoke these words, you know what, I'm going to go down before the Lord. Once again, I mean, there is no formula for praying. I mean, you can pray wherever you're at. Whatever you're doing, in the shower, pray, right? At work, driving, pray. Well, whatever it is, no set formula. In Romans chapter 12, verse 10 through 12, it says, Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction. Faithful in prayer. Be faithful in prayer. Oh, it's hard to pray sometimes. Do do you agree? I mean, I hope I'm not the only one, but there's certain times when, you know, God says, pray. Amen. I love it. Okay, we, we have to pray. You, you know, sometimes there's that coworker at work, right? That's doing whatever they can to push those buttons. And it's always hard. We always, man, this person's driving me crazy. They're getting on my last nerve. Or you know what? They're picking on me. I know it. As teachers, believe me, even in the Christian school, trying to teach them, you ask a question and the kids are like, you're like, okay, I asked a question. Anyone have an answer? <laughs> okay, let's try this again, right? And, and you know, some, there's some students that are doing it on purpose. We all get upset, we get mad, that's human nature. But God sometimes is telling us, when's the last time you prayed for them? When's the last time you prayed for that coworker that's you know, always treating you bad or cursing around you when they know you don't like, you know, cursing. 
When's the last time you prayed about that? Oh, it's so hard, right? Especially when you know they're doing it on purpose. But we're supposed to pray. Be faithful in prayer. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction. Some of us are better at that than others, right? I mean, it's, it's not easy. But I don't remember God ever saying that this walk with him would be easy, right? He never promised that, and yet we all know that, but then when the times come up, we still get upset. <laughs> it's hard. I mean, I'm right there with you. I'm not any better just because I'm up here this morning. Oh, it's very difficult at times. Like I said, what's so cool though is that it doesn't matter what position we're in. We just go before the Lord, pray. I mean, yes, would it be nice to have that peace and quiet, no distraction, just go before the Lord, sit down and pray? Yeah. But sometimes just the simple little prayers can help us out. Like I said, you're in a job interview or you get called into the office. You know you didn't do nothing wrong, but what's going on? Lord, just I pray that this goes well, right? Save my job. Well, whatever it is that's going on. He is in control. See, it doesn't matter what position you are when you pray. That, that's not what counts. But what counts is it's the position of our hearts, right? When we go before him in prayer. What's the position of our hearts? Are we going? I mean, when you, when you blow it, when you fall short, when you sin, right? Are you treat people badly? I mean, do, do you feel bad? Do you go before the Lord? Lord, I'm so sorry. I messed up, right? Can you forgive me for that? Can you help me? Sometimes he's like, yeah, but I need you to participate as well. Go and apologize to that person. Oh, it's hard. It's, it's very difficult at times. But I got to tell you, as we get further in this, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but we're going to see like one of the, the issues is pride, right? That's what stops us. It's that pride. Just to, to let that go. I mean, oh, that person was wrong, though. Yeah, probably. And now they treated you, and, and they were wrong, but sometimes you just got to, okay, well, I apologize, even though you did nothing wrong. Verse 15, Paul says, For whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. God is the father to both Jew and Gentile, and he is in complete control of his creation. Now, I know when you look out or when you turn on the TV, it seems like chaos is going on. There is no control. Oh, he's in control. He's moving through this. You're like, well, how? Ask him, right? Ask him how he's in control. He'll tell you. He'll show you. I don't understand everything all the time. I'm, sometimes I'm sitting back looking at certain things. I'm like, man, this makes no sense. God is in complete control. When his children kneel before him in prayer, we go to God who is in complete and ultimate control. And he's going to show us what he desires and requires of us in our lives. Okay, I want you to do this. 
For, for someone else, he's going to say, I want you to pray for this person. Or for another individual, hey, I want you to go out physically and do this. That's, that's what he'll do. He'll show us those things. These words set the tone for the prayer that's, that's going to follow in the next couple of verses. In verse 16, like I said, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. We're going to see some important things here that Paul prays for when it comes to the family of Christ. And uh, the first thing that Paul prays for is that believers would be strengthened by the Holy Spirit. I mean, we need that. We need that strength. Like I said, times are, yes, times are difficult. And it's only by the Holy Spirit in which we can get through things sometimes. I mean, I've been, you know, at... Before this job here at the school, which I took, you know, I was at another company working around non-believers. It was hard there. And there were times I prayed and I knew there was a few bosses that did not like me, felt like they're trying to run you out. It was hard. As a young man, you know, to me, it's like, well, I like what I do. You know, I want to stay there, but this is difficult. This guy's acting like a jerk, you know? One of my bosses, I was convinced, I'm, I'm serious with you guys. I was convinced that Satan himself was in this guy, man. I'm like, this dude, I don't know what his problem is. Like, he is just at it, at it. And of course, human instinct comes up. You're the enemy, right? Spiritually, physically, I see you as the enemy. I don't like that. Growing up, when there was an enemy around, you took care of the problem. As you grow up and you're an adult, you can't just go over there and just beat some guy down because you think they're the enemy, right? For one, you got to grow up. <laughs> I mean, the first thing should be, well, you're a man or a woman of God. That shouldn't be the behavior coming out of you, right? Second of all, I mean, other individuals are looking. They hear you talk about God and, yeah, well, you had it coming. <laughs> now, that may be true, <laughs> But, you know, got to be very careful. We need that strength from the Holy Spirit. It may at times feel like Satan is kind of putting temptation there, setting it up, right? I mean, let's be honest. He, he is an enemy to us as believers. He doesn't fight fair. He will try to come and bring up that past of yours and and throw things there. Hey, you call yourself a Christian and you're doing this and you're doing that? I know exactly who you are. No, that's who I used to be, right? I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm not that person. Now, yes, there are certain times when things are going to come up, you know, You may lose your temper, but go before the Lord. We need his strength. See, I know I don't have that strength within myself to stand against him. I can't, because I know exactly who I am, right? I need God's strength by his spirit in my inner man so that I can stand before the power of the enemy. And it was, it's not me, it's, it's him living in me. 
that's giving me that strength so I can do that. Because I know what will happen if one of the kids disrespects me at school. Wait, what would you say? Right? And then it's like, um, <laughs> well, this, no, don't be talking like that. Or there's certain ways you got to approach it, right? Paul prays that you might be strengthened by the inner man by his spirit. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 says, And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. It's important that we pray for one another. Heck, you may be going through something, and and there's been times, I mean, I don't know, maybe you guys feel like this, maybe not. But I'm pretty open. I try to, to an extent, I'm just, I'll give you my all, okay? This this is who I am. But, But there are times when I've been going through something and I don't even feel like praying. And you guys ever been there? Where you're going through it and you just don't even feel like praying because it's like, I, I just don't even have it in me anymore. I just don't even have the words. It's important that we go before the Lord with all kinds of prayer requests. And you know what? Even if we don't, us as a family, we pray for one another. You ever pray for someone and you didn't even talk to them, but you just felt on your heart that you had to pray for them because you felt there was something going on? I've done that sometimes at a, at a street light, right? I catch a red light and I'm just kind of, and you look over at someone, don't even know them, but you just feel the need to pray for them? I don't know what's going on. Maybe they're doing great. Maybe they're doing horrible. I don't know, but Lord, just be with them. If they know you, continue to strengthen them, right? Use them for your glory. If they don't know you, somehow, some way that you would reach that person, that they would know you. Be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Matthew 26, verse 41 says, Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus warning the disciples, right? They were there, but what happened? They kept falling asleep. He's going to spend some time with the Father, tells them to be watchful, pray, comes back, finds them asleep. The Spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. We go before the Lord. We ask for help. We ask for strength. I don't know about you guys, but I find one of the hardest times if I want some deep prayer with the Lord, not to do it before bed. Right? Not to do it before bed because you're right there and you're like, hey, I'm going to pray to God. And it feels like as soon as you get five seconds in, you start dozing off. And then you repeat the prayer. And then you repeat it like ten times before you know like that's as far as you got. Right? You really want to spend some time with the Lord? Do it first thing in the morning. First thing in the morning, can't think of a better day to start your day off than praying for God, asking Him to help you throughout the day, through whatever it is that you may encounter, right? Once again, that's not the formula. (laughs) doesn't have to be right when you get out of bed and, oh, I pray before I do anything else. No. I'm just saying, though, probably don't save it to the very last part of the day, Right? We go before Him, we pray continually. 
verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height of what? Of his love. The second thing we see that Paul prays for is for the believers that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith. That Christ might dwell in their hearts through faith. Sometimes, you guys, like I said, even I'll have kids sometimes come and ask me, hey, Mr. V, what did the scripture mean by this? Well, okay, let's take a look at it. Sometimes I have answers a good majority of the time, and then there's other times where I've been like, you know what? We're just going to have to wait and see, because I don't know. I don't have all the answers. He does, and that's who we should go to, to God to ask for help, right? See, the word dwell in the Greek is to settle down and make himself at home, is, is what this is meaning here, that Christ might dwell in their hearts through faith, that he may settle down, be at home nice and comfortable. There are places where you go, you feel out of place the moment you get there. You guys know what I'm talking about? You just walk in somewhere and you can just feel the tension. You ever been in places like that? That, that You know people are not like-minded. There's all kinds of crazy things going on. Sometimes you're, you're there because depending on what the occasion is, right? I remember there was a few times growing up where we would go to family functions, specifically weddings, and you go, and then you look at your family, and you're like, that's my family. Just getting hammered, drinking, and doing who knows what, and you're just like, wow, that's Uncle so-and-so, and Ann, and all this stuff. You love them. You don't love the behavior, right? But you love them. I got to tell you, I love mom's side of the family. I love dad's side of the family. Love them all equally for different reasons. But dad's side of the family, they love to get down, okay? And when they hit it hard, they hit it hard. My grandpa was one of those individuals where he hit a limit. And it was like telling your own brother or sister or your nephew something, ready to fight. It's like, man little extreme there, right? So I remember there are times when we would go to some of those events, and after a certain amount of time, my parents would say, okay, it's time for us to go now. And we wouldn't understand it as kids, but we just got here like an hour and a half ago. It's time to leave, okay? And you leave, and later on you find out, like, oh, this happened when you left. You and it's like, okay, they knew ahead of time what was going to happen. There are other places where you go and you feel so comfortable, at ease, so relaxed. Right? Where you just, you feel the peace there. I mean, I had this happen. My cousin, just like last week, came over to my house and fell asleep on the couch. So comfortable, right? Ate, was having a good time, and then just look over and there you go. It's like, man, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not one of those individuals where I can just fall asleep wherever. Okay, but I've known some people like that, where they just get so comfortable. Oh, this is peaceful, and before you know it, they're they're out. You're like, oh, 
just leave them? Or what do we do here, right? Christ finds his home in our hearts as believers, right? This is his home. And so the question for us is, because Christ does dwell in the heart of every believer, but not every heart is a comfortable home, right? What's, what's there in this heart that, that he sees? Because it's, I don't know. I mean, I'm not you guys. I don't know what's going on in your lives. But he does. Does he feel at home in your heart? Christ feels at home in our hearts when he finds faith and love. That's there, right? So does he feel at home in our hearts? That's the question we've got to ask ourselves. How have we prepared the place for him, right? Typically, when you have guests coming over or family members from out of town, and they, they're going to stay with you. You prepare a, a room for them or whatever, a space, and you make sure it's nice and neat, clean, right? I doubt any of us is like, oh, uh, excuse the clothes all over the floor or this or that here. <laughs> no, no. We try to tidy up a little bit, right? How is it when God comes to our home? Well, what does he see in here? How is it prepared for him? Is it that beautiful place where you walk in and you see everything made? Now, look, we're not perfect. I get that, family, okay? And we're not going to be until he comes back. And I'm not saying to try to hide stuff, right? Because you know how kids are when you ask them to clean their room when they're young, especially uh, young boys, right? Hey, did you pick up all your clothes off the floor? Yeah. Yeah, they picked up the ones you, you can't see them no more, but they're under the bed somewhere, right? Or maybe thrown in the closet, door shut. I'm not, I'm not talking about just like pretending, like being sincere. How have we really prepared it for, for God? Because parents, you know when your kids, you know, do that stuff. Especially if some of them played sports. They can try to hide it all they want, but you know the smell's just going to come out, right? It will. Are you sure you picked up your stuff that we didn't have? Yeah. Can I check under the bed? Why? All right. Can I open up the closet? Oh. No, let's be sincere. Ask ourselves a true question here. How does Christ feel when he comes home in our hearts? Right? Since he dwells there, what's it like for him? Is it comfortable? Is it tense? Is it hard to look at? It says that that you being rooted and grounded in love. Paul goes on to say, rooted and grounded in love. Rooted suggesting that it's a steady position, right? It's been there for a while. You look at weeds, you look at grass, some of that stuff, I mean, it's there. It can be permanent. It refers to here as a steady position, a habit of faith and love. Is that what's rooted in our hearts? For some of you guys who have grass, you know, it's 
And so it's trying to get the grass to, to grow, and then once you have it, you know, and it's there, now it's to keep it green, right? You want it to look nice. And, and that was one of the things, you know, I'm kind of dealing with at home a little bit. Okay, how do you keep this darn thing green, okay? Because you can water and water and water, and, and that's great, but then that bill gets pretty high, right? I was talking to Pastor Dave and, and Tim during the week, and I was sharing with them, that um, I know a guy that works for the city, and he does parks and rec, and they take care of the parks and all this other stuff. And remember hearing a conversation between him and my father-in-law, and he says, "I'm gonna give you three keys to have the greenest grass ever, and it's so important that you follow these keys because if not, you're gonna struggle." So we're all tuned in, right? Like, let's see what this guy has to say. Like, you know the inside scoop here. You work for the city. What is it? And he's like. Water, water, and water. It's like, you, are you kidding me? Right? It's like, man, smart Alec. <laughs> okay? It's like, no, that's the key here. You live in a desert. You need water. It's like, yeah, but not all of us could afford the water every single day like how you guys do. It's like, yeah, that's, that's part of it, you know? It's not our bill. The city just waters, and I mean, you look, the parks, the grass is very green, a little bit different when you come to the residential, right? It's a struggle. But I got thinking, for those roots in our hearts to be, you know, there permanently in faith and in love, you, you got to water that as well, right? There needs to be growth. They need to be strong. I mean, here in the desert, if you only watered, once a week, Sunday, come to church, you get the word. Once a week, what do you think is going to happen to that grass? It's going to die. Even coming maybe Sunday and Thursday, twice a week. You think that's enough water for the heat that we go through here in the summer for grass? I mean, unless you want to water twice a week, but you're running that thing for like three hours, right? I don't know, Maybe but you got to water. You got to water. You got to spend time with the Lord. You got to read your Bible every day. That's why it's important. That's that water that's getting in there, giving us the nutrients, right? That we need to get strong. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I'm feeling convicted right now because you're like, man, Okay, read every day. There's sometimes, yes, I haven't been uh, setting the best example, right? For coworkers, heck, maybe even for my spouse or my kids. And that's always bad when they point that out, right? Because it may be truth, but don't disrespect mom or dad, right? But that's hard to hear it from someone like that. Like I said, I don't know about you guys, but feeling really convicted. But you know what? Let's remember the promises that God has for us when we are rooted and grounded in Him, right? When we have that faith and that love there. Uh, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's a promise there. When we are rooted and grounded in Him, He will use us. We can do all things through Him. Another promise He has in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them, for the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. 
He will not leave you nor forsake you. This is for, for Joshua here, right? Go, go ahead. Be of, of courage here. God's with you. That's a hard thing to... I mean, he needed this encouragement. Moses with the Israelites for 40 years and, you know, think he's going to go into the promised land and then Moses not permitted to go. And then Joshua, okay, you lead them. Well, wait, you led for 40 years. How am I supposed to just step in and then they follow me, right? Oh, wait a second here. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is one who goes with you. He's there with you every step of the way. He will not leave you nor forsake you. I've had that where I had a different supervisor come in and got rid of one. And you're like, okay, whew, better. Oh, wait a second, this one's worse. Okay? Oh, man. What do you do? Don't be afraid. Right? We work as if we're doing it unto the Lord anyway. And he's never going to leave us nor forsake us. He, he knows how we're being treated or what we're going through. First Chronicles 16, verse 11 says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Seek him continually. He's going to be there. He's going to help you. He's going to help me. It's not easy all the time. I don't know what I thought when I came to work here at the school, but I thought, Christian school, Bible teacher, talk about Jesus, this is going to be awesome. And it is. It really is. But I, don't, I guess I forgot that when you step out and you do something for the Lord that there is going to be opposition. Because, boy, did it come. Oh, it came hard. Not just by kids, but, I mean, once again, not trying to speak bad on anything, but um, former employees that are no longer here, you know, it was, it was hard there with some of them as well. And you go through all of this, and it's like, why is this happening? Why is this thing? I don't get it. I don't understand it. And I probably won't understand it. There's some things that he's shown me, other things I still don't know why they happened the way they did, and I probably won't know until I see him face to face and he'll say, remember this? This is why. And then it'll make sense. Right now, it, some things still don't make sense. It's okay. Paul says, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, what is the length, the depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Paul prays that we would comprehend the love of God. How big is his love? It's as wide as the outstretched arms of our crucified Savior. That's how big it is. I've had friends in this life that, you know what? Um, we're there for you. We got your back. Anything happens, call me or, you know, I'm there for you. I've had all that, promises and all this stuff. A lot of it, guess what? When push came to shove, they weren't there. But Christ has always been there, watching over me, protecting me, keeping me safe, even from doing foolish things. That things were not a lot worse than what they were. 
kept me safe. I'm like, man, I don't know of any friend that's done that for me. I mean, give their life for me? His love is as wide as the outstretched arms of a crucified Savior, embracing Jew, Gentile, rich, poor, male or female, reaching out to whoever will receive it. The gift is there. It's a free gift to anyone that would receive. Like I said, it's not like, oh, well, what's, who's your family? Who's your mother and father? What has your family done in the past? No, none of that. You go before God, and he accepts you for who you are. Right now, we have a lot of people in this nation out there screaming for justice and peace. It's found in Christ Jesus. That's where it's at, family. It's found in Christ Jesus. You think getting rid of the president, getting rid of police, getting rid of... Guys, all it means is another problem is going to come up. We are imperfect people. The fact that this church is here and it runs the way it does, it's only because of God. You have different people, different personalities, different attitudes, and we all got to communicate with each other, right? You think it's always perfect? Not always. It's hard sometimes. You serve in ministry with someone else, and they're like, oh, why are they doing it that way? Because that's how God made them. It's different. It's unique. Once again, like I said, if they did it exactly how you did every single time, that would be so boring. Like a robot? Really? True peace is in Christ and Him alone. It reaches low enough to touch the most wretched sinners and high enough to reconcile them to a holy God. The love that God has is so big. I mean, there's enough room for the divorced, the never married, the sexually abused, the abuser, the woman who's had an abortion, and the man maybe who caused her to do it, the person addicted to alcohol or the pornography. How big is God's love? It's as big as the cross. I mean, he went to the cross for people like that. He went to the cross for people like you and me. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I'm so thankful. Very thankful. For his love. Verse 19 said, To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be uh, filled with all the fullness of God. Paul then requests that we know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. I think that's, that's one of the hardest things, I think, for people that don't know God, is that they're trying to figure Him out. Even sometimes as believers, there's certain things in our lives where we try to put God in a box and try to figure out exactly what he's going to do or how he does it or why he does what he does. You guys, we serve a big God. You're not going to be able to figure out everything. You're not going to know everything. You're just not. He wanted the believers to know something that is beyond knowing. Christ's love. You ever talk to someone who's not a believer and they start 
sometimes listing all the bad they've done and how can God take me or accept me? You just say, because he does. He loves you for who you are. They're just sitting there like shocked. What do you mean? I remember me and Carl Pete would go into YDDC uh, there off of Edith and talk to these young boys that were locked up in jail, high-risk individuals. And you talk to them, and then you want to pray with them, you want to receive Christ. Why does God want me? Because he loves you. Because he loves you. He cares about you. You know, all those friends that promised you all this stuff, like how friends promised me stuff, uh, how many of them would come to visit you? Not one. Any of them write you? Throw some money on your books? No. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not around, but you know what? Christ will never leave you nor forsake you. He loves you. And you know what? If you receive him, I don't care if you're locked up in this prison. When he comes back, these bars ain't holding you back. He's going to take you. Do you believe that? And the look on some of these young men's faces, they'd be like, so, so, how can you be so confident of that? Because I'm standing here before you. To be honest with you, some of the dudes I was hanging out with, it's amazing nothing happened to me. The fact that I'm here before you, I, I never thought I'd be a preacher, a pastor. Like, that's a miracle within itself. That's how big God's love is. That's what he has for you. Verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be the glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Um, Paul prays that you may be filled with the fullness of God. This fullness means that there is nothing lacking in our relationship to the Father. See, God poured his love and power into believers, making us complete for this life and preparing us for the life to come. What's ahead for you? What's ahead for me? This is one thing that he prays, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Filled with the fullness of God. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. In Christ, that's what you could have, life to the fullest. See, everything that the world can promise you here now, it's going to be just temporary. It doesn't last forever. Just like you and I, we get something new, we're excited, we have it, and it's good for some time, but then give it a few years, right? And even if you're an individual that doesn't have to have the new, shiny, brand new toy out there or whatever's going on, the new car, okay? There are times that, guess what? That vehicle isn't going to last forever. That phone ain't going to last forever. And even though you don't want something new, you're going to have to get something new anyway. <laughs> doesn't last forever. It's temporary. But not in Christ. 
not in Christ. I mean, what we see and experience now, this is temporary as well. But everything that it lists in his word, we are finally going to see with our eyes. You talk about all these jewels and some of these things read and can't even pronounce, right? You're like, what? That in streets of gold? Pearly gates? I mean, pearly gates? Like, this stuff, we're going to see, this is, even, this is future. This isn't here now. Yeah, we read it, we're excited. Oh, just wait till you see it. And guess what? That's not even going to be the highlight of what we see. It's going to be him face to face. Right? Worshiping him 24-7. Worshiping him. Singing before him. We sung before we got started this morning, and it was awesome. It was incredible. I love singing. I this though in front of you, I'd, I'd kind of close up, okay? Unless God works on me and says, just let loose. Then I'd sing in front of you, and I don't know, it'd go either good or bad, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know. But we're going to be worshiping before him. God can act beyond our ability to ask or even imagine. Paul states three things to drive home his point here. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything we would dare to ask, think, or imagine. God is far above and beyond our finite minds, and God is able because of his awesome power. He's able to do all things. To the unfathomable depths of Christ's love, is added the exceeding abundance of his power. See, we can claim Christ's great love and know that his power works in us through the Holy Spirit. When Paul prays, he prays that, that awareness, that confidence that God is able, that we would know that he is able. He doesn't just say it, like I told you how I had friends in the past. No, he's there to deliver that's what he wants to do. We are his kids. I don't know of any parents that don't want to do things for their kids. Every once in a while, maybe even spoil them, right? It's cool because, you know, my daughter Chloe's like that. She just turned six years old. And for the most part, she'll ask mom for stuff. But when she wants to be real bad, she always comes to me, right? For whatever it is. Hey, can we get some candy? Right? Shh, don't tell mom. Right? I'm like, yeah, let's go over here. Okay? <laughs> we need to have confidence when we pray. Like I said, that God is going to deliver. Have that confidence. He knows each and every one of our hearts, He knows where we're at with Him. He knows the struggle financially, what's going on at the workplace, what's going on in your own home. Friends, extended family. And we go before him and we say, Lord, I pray and I ask that you would save this family member. I pray and ask that you would protect this person, right? Draw them near to you. Patch up this relationship with me and -and so-and-so. You may think it could never happen. 
With God, all things are possible. That's what I want to remind you. With God, all things are possible. Don't ever think that, oh, it can't be fixed. It can. And his timing. Yes, there are some times where things don't get fixed, unfortunately. And and that's sad. But don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. Go to him in confidence. Verse 21 said, To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. See, God alone deserves glory. For he alone is glorious. Glory is given to God in the church. The church, God's creation, we exist to glorify him. I'm so thankful that that's what you see here in our church. Glorify God. That's what we should be doing. I mean, because really, what separates us from, from those that are not doing this this morning? Right? I've seen some individuals point that out, and it's sad. Because it's like, you know what? You say you're a Christian, but you act like this. You do this. I actually seen a, a, a coworker point out to another believer, a coworker at work, and says, what makes you better than me? Because you do this, 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 and this. And it's like, ouch. That, that's hard. You know, we should be giving him glory. Giving him honor, praise. We're not perfect, but you know what? Let's show the world. Look, there is peace in Christ Jesus. That's what they should be seeing right now in these churches. With all this going on, look, you can come here. We love you. There's peace in Christ Jesus. You know, once again, I don't care what your background is. We love you. Everyone has a past, right? But that's the past, as I said. In Christ Jesus, we're a new creation. I mean, how, how do they know? How do they know what a Christian is, what a Christian is or even how to live for God? If it, It's sad, but when churches out there ain't doing it. Do you understand? When some of the only things that they see about church or about God is that you got a pastor uh, up, you know, in front of his church asking for money to buy a jet, you know, to go minister to people in other countries. That's the type of Christianity they're seeing, folks. It's sad, right? How this stuff, I mean, even Benny Hinn, that dude, I can't believe that dude's still doing what he's doing for all these years. I remember seeing him when I was a kid. And that was like some weird stuff for me. Speaking in tongues and just kind of throw out and people fall over and in the name of Jesus. And as a kid, you're like, this is weird. Right? But, but this, this guy's still doing this and people listen and follow. A while back, I was teaching in the school and I brought him up. And kids are like, who's Benny Hinn? I'm like, really? You ain't heard of this guy? This dude's been around since forever. Still on TV and all this stuff. Let me pull this thing up. So I showed them a little clip, and they're like, that's kind of weird. I said, yeah. Oh, check this out. There's a video right below this one on YouTube, right? So someone kind of modified it, of course, and they did, you know, Benny Hinn Star Wars, where he just kind of takes off his jacket and just like, Waves it and people are falling over and you got lightsaber and all this stuff. It's it kind of hilarious, but that's how the world sees people like him. They're like, it's a joke. 
I thought it was quite hilarious, you know, with they had the music in the background and lightsabers coming out and doing this. But it's like, that's really how they view this guy's ministry. Which really is sad. Because he has a, a huge platform to be leading people to Christ and encouraging them. And yet you're going to take people's money. Sad. We are here to glorify Christ. The ability to give glory to God comes only by Jesus Christ, for he brought the church into existence through his sacrifice for sin and resurrection from the dead. So this glory will be made known to all the generations. Why? Because of people like us and the people who have come before us, right? Oh, you Christians, you say Christ is coming back. You've been saying that for years. Yes, and we're still going to say it because he is coming back. (laughs) I look all around us and how can he not come back? Right? There's only so much a father can take. Out of love, you've got to come and bring discipline. And I'm sure he's looking down, seeing everything that's going on. If we are created in his image, right? As Pastor Terry said a few weeks back, we are all created in the image of Christ. You think he's looking down and saying, this isn't me? I mean, how could it be? I know that the way you know, this world is acting, that's not what he intended. No, we're there to, to be there for each other, to help one another, to pray for one another, encourage. It doesn't have to be like what's going on right now. Like I said, true peace is in Christ Jesus, and that's something we got to pray for for these, for these people out there. Well, I told you we're going to verse 6. That did not happen, okay? It's all good, though. There was a lot of meat here in this, and I pray and hope that you guys were encouraged this morning. You know, maybe uh, some things that we need to look at our, ourselves, our heart condition, right? How is the home organized for God since he dwells there? And uh, I think that's, that's more than enough. Let's go ahead and stand. We'll end in prayer. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you, Lord. And we just thank you for blessing us with an opportunity this morning to come before you, to hear from you, to be encouraged. Lord, it is uh, very encouraging just seeing everything that's going on around us, just to know that we have nothing to fear. We have that peace that comes from you. But there are a lot of individuals that don't know that peace. And I just want to pray and just ask that you would be with them, Father. For those that don't know you, out there acting crazy, Lord, I pray and ask that you would reveal your your love for them, Lord, that they would know it. Father, I pray that as a church, you would strengthen us, that you would encourage us to go out and tell others about you. Whether it's verbally, whether it's through our actions, people looking from the outside want to know what is it to be a Christian. Lord, I know we're, all of us this morning, we're thankful for that sacrifice that you made upon the cross for our sins. Lord, you didn't even know us back then, but Lord, you did it for us. And and I pray and just ask that you would help us to never forget 
how big your love is, Lord, that you went all the way to the cross for us. Lord, help us not to lose heart. Help us to remember you're always there with us every step of the way. You said you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And I just pray and just ask that you would, Lord, as this is a day of rest for, for most from work, I pray and ask that you would just allow us to rest in you, that you would just prepare us for this upcoming week, Lord. Father, I just want to pray right now and just ask that you would just mold us into the men and women of God that you would want us to be for you, that we could bring you glory in everything that we do, everything that we say. We ask all of this in your precious name. Amen.